0: So let's talk about the difference between beliefs and values, which was the topic that kind of very organically came up in the humanist group. So we had gone into the meeting intending to talk about like community enrichment because we had just had our presentation from Jeremy about individuation. And I wanted to see if that would change anyone's perspective on the agency that they had to add to the wholeness of their community. Right. Yeah. And this is something that I've been thinking about a lot is like just wholeness and like what of me, what of my individual person can I use to make a community more whole? Mm. So we were talking about enrichment and very organically went into like the difference between beliefs and values. And I don't know how that came up. Yeah. I quite honestly (laughs) forget at this point, but it was a really interesting, I, I had never thought about it before. And as I started thinking about it, I'm like, well, maybe a belief system is like a container for values, but it also contains some other things that are more ideological. And so this like box that we put our values in and our judgments in and our morality in and everything, like because it's an enclosed box, it doesn't allow other things in, you know, whereas values are a little bit more transcendental and values are a little bit more like tend to be a little bit more universal hmm and you're squinting your eyes at me right now like you don't believe no i'm just in, in thought too. <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, but yeah you sent this website over the chat and under beliefs it says spiritual moral social intellectual economic and political mm. and under values it says values are global abstract principles that serve as guiding principles in people's lives for example, freedom, honesty, equality, beauty, harmony, competitiveness, happiness, order, and wisdom. I don't love that there isn't an Oxford comma there, but it's yeah. helps. <laughs> that would be okay. a value or a belief. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, see, this is what I mean. Okay. Yeah. My value is communication. Yeah. My belief. belief is that Oxford commas should be used. There we because go. Because it is a way to exercise that value. Hell yeah. But one can communicate well without using Oxford commas. It's harder to do. Yeah. But. <laughs> and that brings us to attitudes, I think. <laughs> uh, you want to cover attitudes?
1: <laughs> yeah. According to this site, there's three components. Cognitive, effective, and behavioral. Cognitive is what we believe effective is our feelings, behaviorals, our learned associations. And um yeah, they serve this is this one goes way more in depth than the other two uh categories, but yeah. they serve motivational functions, ego defensive, value expressive, um, instrumental to gain social acceptance or avoid disapproval or knowledge, you know, to organize the social world. That's where I sort of I didn't want this um sending this website to go this direction necessarily. I I don't mind in this case, but I just, at the (laughs) time, it was just like, I just want a clear definition of really the first two. I think values, I mean, uh, attitudes complicates it beyond the scope of what that conversation was. Yeah, that discussion, yeah. Because I think when people refer to beliefs in the context that we were discussing them, they're kind of talking about attitudes. And sometimes when they refer to attitudes, they're kind of talking about beliefs. Like, I think they're... They're separate things, but it's a lot of, the difference that I kept seeing
0: when we were having that discussion was really, is it morally charged or not? Well, and sometimes when people are talking about beliefs, they're actually talking about values. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that that's, I mean, what we just saw just now. Like, (laughs) it's not a value that I want Oxford commas to be used. It's a belief. The value is something completely different. Yeah. You know, you value communication, you value the abstract things. Mm -hmm. And then the belief is often the container or the vessel through which your value is carried out. Yeah. At least that's how I kind of conceptualize it. And I've had some people push back on me because I've had this conversation (laughs) like seven times since (laughs) the meeting. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I find it fascinating. Yeah. You know. Well, here's a nice, simple
1: one, too. I found this one today. Um, Okay. This is just a, you know, one sentence line for each one. Values are a culture's standard for discerning what is good and just in society. Beliefs are tenets or convictions that people hold to be true. I don't necessarily think that values have to be culture-wide in this sp- specific context either, but I think... I don't like either, the, but it's
0: better when they are.
1: And I think you can usually tie personal values to cultural values.
0: Yeah, I'm pushing back more against beliefs being convictions. Okay. Because like someone in the meeting had said, and we talked about this with Jeremy a little bit, but like someone in the meeting had said that a belief is more like a philosophical proposal, like mm. a philosophical solution to a problem that can't be solved. Mm. I think Heidegger said something like a, pro- um, a problem is something that can be solved. A mystery is something that can't be solved. You exist within a mystery, but you can't solve a mystery. Mm. Specific to like existence, you know, specific and in an existentialist context, a mystery is something that you must live within because it's not a problem to be solved. So like there's a difference between mystery and problem. Yeah. So I think that a philosophical proposal to a problem that can't be solved is a suggestion, a philosophical suggestion of how to cope with a mystery or how to exist within a mystery. Yeah. That can turn into a conviction. I think that you can have a belief that can be pretty easily swayed and therefore it is not a a conviction. Like, I think you can have a belief that is just a yes to a philosophical proposal. Yeah. And so you believe something that makes things a little bit easier to contextualize. But then like once that is broken down, you're like, okay, that wasn't so much a conviction anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would push back against conviction there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah that's like I was saying in our conversation with Jeremy, that like beliefs a lot of times, at least to me, they can be suppositions as well. They can just be kind right. of, they don't need to be strong or, you know, even strongly held. They just need to be something that you figure is good enough. And they could range all the way to things that you would defend with your life.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a broad spectrum that exists between good enough and we won't be internally damned by the creator if we follow these philosophical suggestions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, because when the philosophical suggestions include morality, which in some cases they're bound to, Mm. then I think that's where, that's, that's where my example of belief system as a container for values is the most useful. Like I, I find the most utility out of that example when I'm thinking about value, like the values of morality. I like that. Yeah. Because then if then one of our values, which should not be a value, becomes judgment. Yeah. Judgment. I think like discernment is a value, but judgment is a weapon. And this is one of the conversations that I had about this in the last seven days or whatever was that like it's, it's, um, values are more likely to be common than beliefs. Values are more likely to be shared. Yeah. I think, I like when I think about, about belief systems, you t- you can tend to define a belief system by what it holds as villainy, or what mm-hmm. it holds as the bad, you know, the bad guy, the sins. Yeah. A belief system—it's not the, always the first thing that comes to mind, but if you name a belief system, what is typically associated with it or readily associated with it is what it deems as wrong yeah and so it can be defined by what the people who hold those beliefs are against yep and i think that when you look at values they tend to be more for yeah values tend to be more pro and belief systems aren't all anti like that's not all they are again they often hold those pro values within them but belief systems especially religious belief systems can be readily associated with what they are anti. Yeah. But there's
1: always a, you know, an inverse to those too. Like all the pro, like positive values, in a lot of cases I think they can be tied back to things that you fear happening. Hmm. So beliefs I think can happen in relation to how your attitudes play out. Regarding those values or like how secure you feel in relation to those values, maybe like whatever mm. reasons you end up there. I mean, it seems like there's a ton, but like the, the website that I just, the, with the simpler definitions, it was uh, Lumen Learning Okay, Sociology. Um, they brought up the American dream. Yeah, let me actually just read it because I think they do it pretty well here. Individuals in a society have specific beliefs, but they also share collective values to illustrate the difference. Americans commonly believe in the American dream that anyone who works hard enough will be successful and wealthy underlying this belief is the American value that wealth is good and important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: I could argue, I think that the reason we have a value of wealth being good as important is that, you know, we came from a history of uncertainty and poverty or potential poverty or tyranny or, you know, things that would, prove to you if you were an early American that, you know, independence, self-reliance, wealth, prosperity, you know, self-determination, those are things we need to hold true or else we're going to be poor and starving and under this king's thumb. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So depending on where you stand in relation to that value,
0: your belief system would structure itself to preserve you as best it can. So when you say the inverse of that to be true, are you saying that like a value... Could be, like, what I'm saying is that values tend not to use negation language.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah.
0: Yeah, but so when but when you say the inverse could be true, by that example, I'm hearing, like, a value is not only wealth, a value is not being poor. Exactly,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't know if that's even true. Like, I, I know that that's how I feel about it. I don't know if there's anything to back that up in the world. Yeah. But that's how I read... A lot of values and the def- um, the definitions of things like values is that like well these are these are armor against a shittier reality too, like that's the R- only reason you would sure. need to communicate them.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like when I say that I value that I value communication, <laughs> I wouldn't say like, you know what I value value is like non staticky phone calls, <laughs> like I do value them. <laughs> yeah, you know what I value is people with prop with um, hang on people. See, I, I don't want to use the negation language. People who can spell. People who can. <laughs> no, but that is a good point, though. It's that it all just kind of avoids or, or attempts to preclude a, a worse system of community. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I don't think that that's necessarily important to keep at the forefront if you're just looking at values. But I think if you're looking at the way that beliefs and belief systems and attitudes might interplay with values, at least, you know, as we were discussing it in that group, because I mean, I think like as this site shows, like I've heard it a lot too, where beliefs and values form the foundations of attitudes. So there's, you could look at this the other way around as well. But I think in this context, it's like to me, it's important to consider what those values might be doing in a society or in a person's life to sort of understand where those beliefs or attitudes might fit in. Yeah. If you took something like nihilism or like misanthropy as a belief for a belief system, you know, just the belief that life is meaningless, people are shit, and, you know, all humanity is scum, it's like, that could be a response to, you know, you having a pretty altruistic value that has not been uh fulfilled by your species in your eyes you know like if you have a belief deep down that humanity ought to be picking each other up when they fall down and that love ought to reign supreme and everybody ought to be giving and you look at the world and you see poverty and war and you know famine and and like that and people being selfish and you become a misanthrope your your value hasn't moved You've just created a new belief system to justify
0: yourself in relation to it. And that's interesting because, like, I wonder if we use belief systems, because I'm thinking about how people say beliefs and values kind of sound synonymous. And I'm thinking, like, we, we use the word, like, good Christian values. Mm-hmm but the values that exist within a belief system such as christianity are not necessarily any different from the values that would exist in a nihilist yeah. you know or in an atheist or in a, so i wonder if we use belief systems as a way to encourage people to propel our good values into the world or into our communities mm. you know so like if you're saying this person has good christian values our church has good christian values our community has good christian values mm are you applying the label of Christian there to, well, this kind of goes back to whether it's altruistic or not. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) are you applying the word Christian to that because you want people to spread their quote unquote, good Christian values to others? Mm. Or especially if you're from an evangelical background Because you want those values to be associated with Christianity so that you'll spread Christianity when people see that the values are good.
1: Oh, that's a good, that's a good question.
0: Mm -hmm. But at the root of that question is a belief system useful in propelling. Propelling is a weird, weird word. um, But in disseminating, I guess, Mm. those values into the world, distributing values into the world.
1: Can can you uh, restate the question, too? Because I just want to get it clearer.
0: Well, I'll rephrase it this way, actually. Is a belief system's greatest utility its ability to encourage the distribution of good values into a greater community? So then we look at the utility of belief systems as a way to distribute values or as a way to encourage the sharing of those values.
1: I think your other part was, or is it that you want those
0: values to be associated with that belief system? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, is the great... Yeah. So, and does that utility serve as an altruistic one if it uh, achieves the distribution of those values and the sharing of those values, even while marketing those values as belonging to a certain belief system? Yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, you might...
1: At least for myself, i'm I'm much more in the the latter camp, okay. that the values are kind of not a marketing ploy, but they're they're definitely the marketing behind
0: the belief system. Well, I heard someone say recently it was uh, on one of the liturgist episodes. Uh, <laughs> that christian the word Christian, when used to describe anything other than a person, is a marketing term. Yeah, that's, I, I threw in marketing there because of that.
1: <laughs> that's a good point, though. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. It's like I was saying about the altruism getting a bad rap or, you know, good deeds getting a bad rap because they fall short of perfect platonic idealism. I mean, uh, altruism. It, it's the same as, you know, something like a marketing device getting a bad rap because it's a marketing device. It's like that. there's nothing inherently wrong. It yeah. makes it a little less pure if the intention of the device is to sell something that is supposed to be, you know, just through and through altruistic or pure or whatever. But, yeah, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. It, it's If the thing is wrong, then it's wrong. But the fact that you're selling
0: it isn't necessarily bad. Yeah. I would take issue with sort of like the sort of foot soldier approach to it. I would take issue with the missionary approach to it. Yeah, yeah, but I, I take no issue with the more benign, slash benevolent elements of that. I think that's fine. Yeah,
1: but that I mean that is an interesting between that person's point and and your question. Like it's because I mean that like that seems to me like to be the fundamental component underlying a lot of missionary efforts and and just efforts to convert people or keep people in any religion is the idea that like here are our values. These are, these are good. You want to join this team because these are the things that this team stands for. Yeah. And this is the heaven we get to go to and those kinds of things. And it's like, it's selling points. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, when they're not declaring war on people, that's what missionaries to me seem to be doing, you know, selling people on shit. Yeah. So it seems like at least anecdotally that that's been the case way more often than the other way around that the values are used to kind of sell the belief system rather than the belief system is used to, to disseminate the values. Especially because well, your earlier point, you I mean, the values have been disseminated in a lot of ways. You know, you mentioned earlier that, like, a lot of those values are shared yeah. across a lot of different cultures and belief systems. So yeah, in a way, exactly. there is no point to disseminating them because you don't really need to tell people
0: that freedom and prosperity are good. No you don't and and this is not to say that you know if you join a church then you're a sucker if you get like no no re- recruited by some kind of institution or organization or religion or whatever then like you are in a, a you're weak or something but no no my my point being that like we tend to when we're the most vulnerable and most directionless or most most rudderless we forget that values are shared like that and we if we want to belong some to something it's very easy to hear hey we have the, it's very easy to be recruited you know and, and hear hey we have this we celebrate these values and you're like oh i've been looking for someone who has those same values yeah but like you could look anywhere and someone with a good enough pitch is going to convince you yeah you know so d- this is to address the marketing side of it you know And kind of defend how that word does apply here. But like, yeah, you can end up kind of a part of something that you don't need to be a part of. Yeah. I was talking to a guy today who was telling me that he lives in a new neighborhood and one of his neighbors is um is a Hindu. Mm. So religiously, these people have nothing in common. The guy I was talking to is a is a Christian, kind of a reformed Christian. Mm. And he was saying like, yeah, we have nothing in common, you know, we don't work in similar fields or anything, and like we hadn't really ever spoken, you know, but mm-hmm. he said he was outside gardening the other day, or couldn't have been the other day because it's winter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was talking about the neighborhood he used to live in. Um, anyway, he said, yeah, he was outside gardening and his Hindu neighbor came out and Um, helped him garden and they were both kind of barefoot in the garden, digging up the dirt and doing the work. And they then spoke about like how being barefoot in the dirt and connecting with the earth that way is a beautiful way to experience the presence of God, Hmm. even though they come from completely different religious backgrounds. Like they shared that experience together and they didn't need, they were able to put one cohesive sentence to, to it to describe the experience. But they might have had completely different, like, like God in that instance is sort of a qualia that they're allowed to have their own definitions of. Yeah. But it didn't make any difference to the experience that they were sharing together in that moment. Like, it was significant to them in in personal ways, but it was allowed to happen because they share a value. Yeah. So they might have different belief systems that they're a part of, but that value transcends the specific beliefs and the specific traditions that they Mm. come from. So for me, it just comes back to the container and your container can be perforated and porous and allow other things to get into it, or it can be completely watertight and not let anything else in.
1: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's where I think it gets subjective as hell too, where like, it's sort of where the attitudes tie back in. If you look at it in that direction, like the, the person's experience matters a lot in terms of what that container is going to look like and yeah. that person's needs are going to matter a lot too and um even stuff like um remember one of my classes one of my i think it was one of the social site classes and they were talking about like remember we talked about stereotype threat at some point yeah i don't remember if that was on mic but the idea of stereotype threat where like if you take a person's identity and don't consider it like this monolithic thing but you consider it like these different relevant domain or these different domains in it. And you can kind of have one domain be like the relevant domain in any situation. And you can kind of prime people to have a certain domain be relevant. Yeah. So they found it a lot with like standardized tests. So like if you prime somebody to think about their race, they might do poorly if their race is statistically supposed to do poorly on standardized tests or right, their gender right. or their whatever. Like you yeah. can do it with anything. But I think that matters a lot with um, those types of interactions too. And with just the way belief systems are formed and interact with the world is like what aspect of your identity, like what's the most relevant domain for you right now? Mm. Is it that you're experiencing God and you know, you're you're spiritual or are you a capital C Christian? Like if there were crusades, you'd be in them <laughs> and you know, it's like both of those, I think a person can ebb and flow and move throughout different domains throughout their life. And, you know, they should. It's growth. You know, you yeah. attract a little bit in response to pain. You'll expand a little bit in response to safety. But, you know, you can do a hell of a lot within that container. And that was what a couple of episodes ago I was trying to kind of get at with, like, the idea of keeping your guard up when you feel like you really need to keep your guard up, you know, things like that, like kind of respecting that, respecting those contractions.
0: Yeah. What do you suppose your container looks like right now? (laughs) Uh, Less shiny than it used to be.
1: (laughs) It's a smell you can't get out of it. (laughs) Somebody had gas in it at one point. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, It's changing a lot, honestly. This last couple of years, it's really... It's changed a lot away from, like, the magical, for lack of a better term. Like, I really for so much of my life was um i would always tend towards like stuff that i just felt was kind of magical about the world and now it's switched more towards the mechanical yeah i'd say i've gone from like enlightenment i mean from renaissance to enlightenment in some ways okay not to be that self-aggrandizing about it but like no i hear what you're saying yeah like those are i'm pulling my saints from different places now yeah Um, there's a lot of the same attributes in both. Like, it doesn't feel like a real, like, personality difference in terms of what those things mean to me. Like, the things that excite me still excite me. But, yeah, my belief system and the way that I kind of approach the world has definitely become more pragmatic. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's
0: weird. That's, a lot of that's been situational, too, though. I think mine looks a lot like a compost bin. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, or at least like that's how I want it to look. Mm. But if you think about a compost bin, right, like you've got your soil and you've got your things in there to enrich the soil and those mm. things break down and decay and have to be renewed over time, mm. right? And like the worms co- come in and aerate the soil yeah, and let in all the oxygen and nitrogen and all of these chemical reactions are happening in it mm. at all times. But there needs to be decay and there needs to be renewal. Mm. And out of that soil can grow, you know, a number of weeds if it's exposed to the air and seeds get into it. And sometimes those weeds need to be plucked and sometimes those weeds don't end up being weeds. And, you know, so this goes entirely back to our whole (laughs) conversation with Ryan Herrick, like one of our (laughs) first, first episodes. Or, yeah, like sometimes those weeds don't end up being weeds. Sometimes that soil is uh, is worth kind of like, you know, banking and using to transfer to the actual garden bed mm. so that something can, can grow out of it, you know? Yeah. And sometimes some of the soil just gets left behind. Yeah. yeah. But I think, like, this metaphor might get away from me a little bit, but <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think if we're talking containers... Like, I want my metaphorical container to be something that can incubate life and then distribute life elsewhere. And then, I guess, yeah, to be used as a process for decay and growth and feeding and nourishing and, you know, and I guess the important thing is the porousness of it. Yeah. I'm thinking specifically like you can buy those 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 compost boxes. Yeah. That kind of like you put underground and like it um, there's like a lid to them and it has holes so that like the worms can get in and the adjacent nutrients that are in the ground next to it can get in and everything. So like like when I said porousness earlier that's kind of what came to mind. It's like yeah, that's like a compost bin. That's like a it's like a way to focus on the cycles of life. Like the various lives that ideas have in you and that deeds, good or bad, have in you. And like, I don't know, just to think of everything as, as cyclical and everything as sort of redistributable.
1: That's cool. I like that. Yeah.
0: It's a very good, healthy way to look at it. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, I would say, yes, it's a good way, a healthy way of looking at it. But I, I hope that I'm living that way. And that's how I try to live. I think you do. I mean, my
1: interactions with you, you do. Like, it's that good balance between, like, kind of letting ideas gestate a little bit and not being afraid to try stuff and throw stuff away and remain open to experiences and people and, you know, like, using vulnerability that way. But not being, like, yeah. just totally out there. Like, I hope the world is trustworthy like there's a good kind of give and take well thank you Well, we took that in different directions I just had a shitty old gas can and you had
0: a very nice
1: eloquent <laughs> <laughs> compost container man. that's uh yeah <laughs> tells our listeners something
0: <laughs> yeah I think we just had different ways of visualizing the metaphor <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Big time. <laughs>